from the final phase electric studios from the first step to the final phase industrial and commercial electrical done right Casey Hendrickson Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. we got a lot of stuff today. Usually when I come in on a Friday and I'm loaded to bear, it ends up being a really bad day because we don't get to nearly any of it because of open lines. But open lines are going to be a little weird today. So I'm just going to preface this by kind of telling you and by default my producer so she knows what's going on all at the same time. I have a guest, one of the gubernatorial candidates for Michigan, Tudor Dixon, is going to be joining us at 435. So that's in the middle of open lines. We'll do open lines from 4 to 430, and then we will clear the lines so she can get through. And then we will come back to open lines after she's done. Make sense? So a little bit of a pause, but we wanted to work into her schedule uh, the other thing is Clifton French is going to be joining us at 3.30, and his latest article is directly connected to a story that broke in Michigan this week, which we will ask Tudor Dixon about as she's running for governor in Michigan as a Republican. So very interesting stuff is, is going on. Um, there's a lot happening, and there's not enough time to discuss it, particularly on a Friday when we have open lines. So go online, go to Rumble, go to rumble.com slash Casey the host. Don't forget, it is Friday, so at the end of the stream, we will have the song, okay? So everybody, just be forewarned, at the end of the stream, at the end of the show today, we do the song, and that's where we go full R-rated. We do not do the uh, PG, PG-13 thing uh, on Fridays after the show is over. All right, let's uh, let's start off with Russia. Something very interesting happened in Russia. Well, two things interesting happened in Russia. First of all, Vladimir Putin apologized today. He apologized for one of his officials making the Jewish Hitler reference, saying that uh, Hitler had Jewish blood, uh, which is an old, uh, basically, I, I don't know, wives' tale, I guess. So Vladimir Putin has apologized to the world for that offensive comment. That was interesting. Uh, but the other thing that happened is the most advanced tank that Russia has, other than the Armada, the Armada is their new future main battle tank, but it is not in service but their other tank, which is the T-90M, is in service. There aren't that many of them. Only one unit in Russia has been issued these things. They just got them, like, last September or something. They're now deployed in Ukraine. So, you've got the latest, baddest tank that is a frontline tank that is in service with the Russian military right now. I don't even think that they export the, uh, the T-90M. I could be wrong. But this latest thing is now on the battlefield in Ukraine. And you know what we've learned about it? Any ideas, Alyssa, what we've learned about the uh, T-90M? Our 30-year-old javelins still rip right through it. They're getting killed left and right. It's, it, it, is, it is what it is. So um, it's ironically named the Breakthrough 3. And our javelins break right through its armor, including its, its active, its passive armor. All of it. it it's, they're getting killed. <laughs> so... Not not a good showing for Russia's military. You realize all those countries that chose to buy Russian hardware instead of a instead of Western hardware are probably looking at this and going, wow, did we screw up or what? The war in Ukraine has had its fair share of embarrassments for the Kremlin from the sinking of the Slavokras cruiser Moskva uh, in April to the infamous 40-mile-long Russian military convoy holed up near Kiev 
as seen early in the conflict, Moscow has had little to cheer about in terms of projecting competent military strength. The latest hit comes via visual evidence of Russian T-90M, uh, the Breakthrough 3. A modern and rare main battle tank has been destroyed on the battlefield by Ukrainian forces. And again, um, I'm assuming it's a javelin. It is entirely possible. It's an end law. Uh, there's German anti-tank weapons there as well, but they're in less supply. So we're assuming it's one of those two, javelin or M-laws, but uh, N-laws, excuse me, not M, N-law. But it, it's very, I don't know, it, it doesn't look good. It, the thing looks like it was it was taken out fairly easily. So that's not a good thing. Now, I will say it doesn't have the jack-in-the-box effect of the other Russian tanks because the ammo exploding on the inside. So there's that. Uh, maybe there's more survivability for the crew with this tank versus the the other one. So not going very well. But the weird thing is Vladimir Putin just apologizing for the Hitler comment. That was very strange. Uh, what else do we have here? OPEC has basically told the vegetable in chief to go pound sand. Now, remember, Joe Biden has begged and pleaded OPEC, please produce more oil so we can lower the price of oil and we can lower the price of gasoline. This is really hurting my election and, uh, well, my, my administration and then the election prospects in the midterms for Democrats. And OPEC looked at him and said, no. So once again, Joe Biden, the former vice president, has gone out to the international community and begged them to fix a problem that we could solve ourselves. And they have said no. This is Breitbart. At a meeting of the Organization of the Petroleum Exporting Countries, OPEC, on Thursday, the oil cartel voted on a modest production increase and announced that the organization is not to blame for the disruptions and price increases since Russia invaded Ukraine in late February. Nor are they responsible, this is me talking now, nor are they responsible for the price increases that happened long before Russia even did a military buildup on Ukraine. OPEC also blamed the threat to demand on China for its uh, recent draconian coronavirus lockdowns, and Reuters reported that OPEC once again rejected Joe Biden and other Western countries' request to increase oil production. A report included that uh, the fact that Russia took part in OPEC plus gatherings. Remember, OPEC and Russia had a, an oil war uh, a few years ago and one in which Donald Trump was able to basically shield the United States from the massive price fluctuations that were happening all over the world. So, once again, our current so-called executive is not getting any respect on the international stage, which is par for the course for this guy. This is somebody who, um, he, he, he'd add, God, he just called Macron, right? The, the French president, because Macron just won re-election. Now, here's the thing. I'm not a Macron fan, okay? I, I prefer Le Pen, but Macron has done one thing that is undeniable. Emmanuel Macron has taken over the leadership role of the Western world when it comes to the Ukraine-Russia issue. There's no doubt about it. Nobody else is doing anything. He's the only one actually trying to get peace, all right? Now, he's doing it very ineffectively because he's Macron, but at least he's trying. Nobody else is even making that effort. But Emmanuel Macron is the guy that from the very beginning has been desperately trying to end this conflict and he's failed miserably at it, but at least he's trying and nobody else is. Uh, but, you know, right after he w- he won re-election too, they just announced that there's going to be a national ID system or something like that. So um, they're moving into a, almost like a, a social surveillance state in, in France as well. This is one of those things that was announced shortly after he won re-election over Le Pen. So very interesting to see all of this stuff kind of pan out. But after he won, 
Uh, Joe Biden, uh, this is the rumor now, Joe Biden called him and Le Pen, or not Le Pen, but uh, uh, Macron did not take his phone call. So we've had members of the Middle East not take his phone call. We've had several other world leaders not take his phone call. Uh, some of them are dropping off the top of my head. Macron's not taking his phone call. OPEC's not listening to him. This is par for the course with this guy. Nobody pays attention to Joe Biden because nobody wants to pay attention to Joe Biden because to the rest of the world, Joe Biden is insignificant. We got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Casey Hendrickson. CC.com. I'm Laura Smith. And I'm John Zimney. Be with us first thing Monday morning on the radio for Michiana's Morning News on 95.3 MNC. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I've had a very long day, so I'm like fighting back yawning. I'm sorry. I, I don't know what else to tell you. I've got some super caffeinated coffee going through me right now. It's in my beer mug. My my mug that looks like it's beer, but it's not really beer. It's just coffee. Um, at least that's what you need to tell my boss. So, I'm doing my best. It's been a long week. I apologize. I missed, let's see, what did I miss? I missed May the 4th. I missed Revenge of the, Revenge of the 5th. I missed Cinco de Mayo. Today's my anniversary. Got Mother's Day on, on Sunday. I might miss those two, too. Just just to keep it consistent. Why not? All right. I want to play something for you because I think that this perfectly illustrates the derangement that we're dealing with and the mental illness over at MSNBC. Okay. What I'm about to play for you is a montage. This montage is 100. It's a minute and 37 seconds. Okay. This is MSNBC. Every single day in April. All right, so these are all, these are not duplicates. These are single additional examples of them using the word racism on their programming for the entire month of April. This is MSNBC, ladies and gentlemen. This is exactly this is exactly who you think they are. Racist. 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 Racism. 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 Racist. 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 Racism. Systemic racism. 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 Environmental racism. Environmental racism. Environmental racism. Environmental racism. 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 Racist. 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 Overt racism. Racism. Racist. Racism. Open racism. 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 Racist. 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 Racism. 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 Racist. 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 Homophobia. Racism and anti-Semitism. Racism. Racist. Sexism and racism. Racist and sexist. Racism. Racist. Racism. 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 Racism and xenophobia. Whew. Whew. 
That is every single day in April on MSNBC. Do you think they have a do you think you have a narrative there? Now, again, we have to evaluate all of the things we've told you over the years. You know, remember, what's the goal? The goal is to keep you in a perpetual state of anxiety, right? When you are angry or afraid, your brain turns off. You're easily manipulated. You're easily controlled. Uh, They can easily separate you from your dollars for funding. They can easily manipulate you into voting for them. And one of the, the ways that they do that is to constantly drum this racism, 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 racism thing because they have to fake it until they make it. That's the whole point. The reality is there aren't that many examples of actual racism in the United States. Uh, Does it exist? Sure. Every single group is a perpetrator and a victim of it. But it's not nearly as prevalent as what they want you to think. So what they have to do is they have to constantly put it in their programming. They have to label things that are not racist as racist in order to go ahead and convince people who would not otherwise see racism anywhere that everything they see is, in fact, racist. And then when you look at something, you go, I don't really get where you're getting racism from. That's when they come in with the, well, it's a dog whistle. Well, what's a dog whistle? Well, dog whistle is something that's racist, but doesn't seem like it's racist because it's not meant to be racist, but it really is racist. Therefore, it's a dog whistle or and or a microaggression. So you just you create terms to make things that aren't there kind of appear. And we've highlighted this many times before. I use this example, but this is by no means just the the singular issue there. But uh, if you go onto YouTube, you can find millions of videos of driving while black, and watch some of them. Occasionally, you're you're dealing with a with a angry cop, but most of the time, the whole driving while black thing. And the premise of it, if you're not familiar, the premise of it is I only got pulled over because of the color of my skin. That's the premise, and they start recording it. Some of them are polite to officers, some of them are belligerent to officers, and that leads to different reactions and interactions with the police. But if you watch this genre for any length of time, what you will notice is the overwhelming majority of those so-called driving while black instances are, in fact, actual infractions. And most of the time, there's a warning that is given. You know, maybe your taillight is out. Maybe you were speeding. Maybe you did an illegal lane change. And and most of the time, there's going to be just a warning. Hey, just letting you know you can't do that. Or you got to get this fixed and you have a nice day. And then the officer walks away and it's like, see, I only got stopped because of the color of my skin. They didn't even give me a ticket. Then if you do get a ticket, then it's just the racism is ramped up. The reality is there was an infraction that occurred and the police officer did their job. You're just assuming that it's because of the color of your skin or you're not even assuming it. You're just alleging that it's because of the color of your skin. And then people who view it, they just automatically buy into that narrative. It's not real. It's not the truth. There's no demonstrable concrete example of that in that video, but that is what they portray. Um, Again, Michael Brown, perfect example here. Michael Brown originally, right? Hands up, don't shoot. Where did that come from? That came from his friend, who said he saw the shooting, okay? His friend is the one that went on the internet. His friend is the one that said Michael Brown surrendered, put his hands behind his back, got down on his knees, and was executed and shot in the back of his head. That's what his friend said. That's the video that went viral. That's the whole hands up, don't shoot thing that happened. It all originated from that guy. Now, that was a lie. He was actually convicted of lying about this. The the dude is serving time. None of that happened. None of that happened at all. But that's what the narrative was. 
And so years later, during the pandemic, you had Gretchen Whitmer doing the hands up, don't shoot thing with BLM protesters while telling anybody else that they weren't allowed to go outside and protest. So this is still a myth that permeates through our society. It's not real, but it's still a myth that permeates. And as a result, you have a lot of people who still buy into the hands up, don't shoot thing. Most people don't even know the origin story of it. They just know that that's what the news media told them every single day for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And when it ended up not being true, the media just didn't talk about it all that much. Or they just flippantly injected it into other conversations where they're like, yeah, these things like hands up, don't shoot and this and then that and that. It's just like a little footnote in an entire segment. And instead of the host stopping them and going, yeah, but hands up, don't shoot didn't happen. It was was a lie. Instead of them stopping it, they just allow it to go. So the average lowest common denominator viewer or reader or listener will see that or hear that or read that. You know what I mean? And they will just automatically absorb it as something that happened, but it never happened. It didn't actually happen. And they do this to constantly keep people on high alert. And if you make people afraid, you tell them that there's a boogeyman around the corner, they are going to support you and your tribe if you promise to protect them, if you promise to fight this evil that you have now conjured up out of thin air, because they see that as a perceived, well, they don't see it as perceived, they perceive it as a real threat. And as a result, They need protection. They need to build their group. They need to build their forces to protect themselves against the evil that is over there. And that's one of the reasons that they do this. So every single day on their programming, MSNBC, to beat this message home, goes out there and tells you that there is racism everywhere in society. And then you get people like Pete Buttigieg, who are completely and totally uncomfortable around black people. Pete Buttigieg comes around and goes, yeah, um, the bridges and stuff are racist. And so are the roads. And then he gives you examples that are not historically accurate and are actually the opposite of what he is proclaiming because he doesn't know any better. But then you get a bunch of people who hop online and go, I don't understand why everybody is saying what Pete is saying is wrong. Everybody knows that this is true, except it isn't true. And just because every quote, everybody knows this lie doesn't mean that it's the truth. It just means that people have been lied to you on a repetitive basis. And when you go to MSNBC every single day, and I realize that the people on MSNBC aren't the brightest people in the world, and the people who watch MSNBC certainly are not the brightest people in the world. But when you go on MSNBC and every single day, literally every single day, as we just proved to you, you make the argument that everything around people is racist and there's racism everywhere. You got people seeing boogeyman in every shadow. They're on high alert. They're easily controlled because now you've put them in a fight or flight position. Got Clifton French coming up. Some very interesting things have been discovered about local elections here in Indiana. We're going to tie that to a story in Michigan, and then we're going to have gubernatorial candidate in Michigan, Tudor Dixon, joining us, and she'll give us her thoughts on all of this stuff as well as the state of Michigan coming up on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. This is Michiana's breaking news and weather station. Retailer today. Make your mornings shine with a visit to Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill in Mishawaka. 
Discover authentic Mexican breakfast dishes made fresh daily, just like the rest of the menu, and served right alongside classic American dishes. Try something new. Where else can you get your huevos rancheros with a freshly mixed tequila sunrise, a steak fajita skillet served with a side of biscuits and gravy, or how about Belgian waffles and some horchata? So many combinations. These mouthwatering dishes and more can be paired with a custom blend of Monterey's exclusive coffee, developed to complement the wide variety of flavors of these dishes. Get the most authentic Mexican food this side of the Rio Grande. Whether you're searching for a place to eat or to just get out of the house, carry out catering for parties of all sizes, or need to spread out in the newly renovated event space upstairs. Make Monterey Mexican on McKinley and Division in Mishawaka your destination. Just give us a call or use the new online ordering system at MontereyMexican.com today. It's what you want. From the final phase electric studios, from the first step to the final phase, industrial and commercial electrical done right. Casey Hendrickson. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Don't forget, open lines at 4 o'clock at 4.30. Tudor Dixon, running for governor in Michigan, is going to be joining us right now. On the phone lines, though, we have Clifton French from RealNewsMichiana.com. Clifton, you got an article up there right now that St. Joseph County officials have discovered that there are multiple keys that have been made for the absentee ballot box area. And obviously, election integrity is a big deal. People are talking about it all over the country. And we have a history of voter fraud in St. Joseph County, don't we? Oh, well, I mean, you go back to the Butch Morgan days, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, but I do want to start. I want to preface all of this, Casey, with that there is no evidence of any wrongdoing, anything at this point. Right now, we just know that there are six, possibly seven keys to get into these this absentee, secured absentee ballot area, right? Mm-hmm. And Republicans, Republican leadership uh, only thought that there was a one, one Republican key and one Democrat key until, you know, this week, last week. Now, I suppose I have to ask because we've got several Republicans and several Democrats who have keys, correct? Uh, well, most of them, no, no, there, <laughs> there aren't several Republicans who have keys. There okay. are several. There are several Democrats who have keys, so and the, there is one Republican who has. Gotcha. Keys. Okay, so I, I mis- misunderstood. I thought there's okay. Yeah. So you have. Yeah. So you have a Republican who has the one key, and then you have several Democrats who have other keys. And uh-huh. at this point in time, there's there's no evidence of any wrongdoing, but certainly this is an issue because if there was something with wrongdoing or an allegation of it, we'd want to trace down who has access to the ballot boxes and the absentee ballots. To the keys, yeah. So, so, Casey, this entire thing, honestly, it came about through happenstance, right? A mistake. The Republican um, the Republican key holder uh, was confused on times to show up to unlock this area, uh, wasn't there. And the uh, county clerk, Rita Glenn, who is a Democrat, said, hey, listen, no worries. I just grabbed the master key. That immediately raised red flags, right? Mm-hmm. After those red flags were, were raised, it was learned that there are multiple Republican keys and multiple Democrat keys. Now, what we have is an area where you have two locks on, on a door to get into this place. Um, one of the locks is held by Democrats. Mm-hmm. One of the locks is held by a key holder for the Republicans. Apparently, okay. there are... There are 
seven keys out there, or six or seven keys out there, at least three, maybe four Republican keys. Um, only one of them is actually held by a Republican. The others are held by multiple Democrats um, throughout the, you know, within within the county. And that's the that's the mistake that I made earlier. So there's Republican keys out there, but they're not in the hands of Republicans. But no. assumingly, they're in the hands of Democrats who could open the lock that is supposed to be under the control of the Republican Party. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So, so. Uh, I, I can tell you that there are, so you have uh, Ben Horvath. Ben Horvath is, the, is the, the, the person who's supposed to be holding the Republican key. Okay. He has been designated to hold the Republican key. He is holding the Republican key. But okay. there are three, there are two, maybe three more keys out there. One of them is held by, uh, by a woman by the name of Penny Stratton. Penny Stratton is uh, the election clerk, and she's an employee of the St. Joseph County Circuit Court. She has only voted in Democrat primaries. She is a registered Democrat. Okay. Brian Davidson, he's a St. Joseph County building engineer. He voted in a Republican primary in 2020. Before that, he had only voted in Democrat primaries, right, in 2019 and 2018. Okay. Uh, that's how you designate somebody who is a Republican versus Democrat in, in the state of Indiana. Um, mm-hmm. By the way, so— <laughs> So when let's take it back a little bit when when uh, when the Republican key holder uh, wasn't able to show up the the Democrat county clerk said hey listen I need to open up this this locker so or I need to open up this area so I'm going to have a Republican from my office open it up. This woman's name is Helen Jojo, who she had open up the uh, op- open it up using the Republican key, using this master key that nobody knew existed. Right. Um, she's she's not a Republican. She's not. <laughs> she's so if you look at if you look at but even if, if she was a Republican, her, it shouldn't be there shouldn't be just some random Republican coming out of his office to open this up with a master key anyway. No, 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 no. All these keys are just floating around. They're floating around the county city building. In the hands of Democrats. <laughs> it's insane. It's insane. So, uh, once again, there's no proof that, and there are going to be some follow ups because what I am hearing is that there are some major problems with where all these absentee ballots are held anyway. And regardless of the keys, there may be instances where people are able to access these ballots even without a key. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So, are they stored in an area that uh, may have a water main break that wasn't actually a water main break? <laughs> Are they stored in one of those areas? <laughs> I, you know, um, I would I, I would hope not. Uh, you know, because there are the, the area where it's where it's stored. I'm told is a uh, it, it's it's a where a bunch of servers are held as well. So. They have to be, you know, I would hope that there couldn't be a water main break where all these servers are, but that would be awfully. Well, yeah, but you need IT to be able to have access to the server room. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, okay. (laughs) I just, I just want to, I just want to reiterate. So everybody understands. Okay. There is a door. There's two locks. One lock Uh belongs to the Democrats. One lock belongs to the Republicans. There's supposed to be one key. That opens the Democrat lock, and then another key that opens the Republican lock. That's it. So all this is supposed to be. Now we find out that there's a master key that opens them all that nobody in the Republican side knew about, and there's multiple keys that can open the Republican lock that the Republicans don't possess and didn't know existed up until recently. Is that correct? Yep. 
Okay, so I'm just making sure I didn't miss anything. <laughs> it's, it, I mean, and once again, there's no, there's no sign that there's any wrongdoing here, right? We don't know, but the appearance here. <laughs> <laughs> is okay. Well, bad. well, and here, okay. Here's the thing, too. This is this is important yeah, for every. Honestly, honestly, Casey, this gives people the opportunity to do something like that's that. That's the right? thing, right? Maybe they haven't done yeah. anything with it yet, but they've set mm-hmm. themselves up to have the ability to do something with it. Should they ever desire to? It's yep. like a backup plan. This yeah. is almost like having emergency food in your basement just in case there's a food crisis or something. You, you have these keys. You've got them spread around so multiple people can unlock this thing at various stages and times. So if you're on a time crunch, like, oh, I don't know, you're in the middle of counting ballots, then maybe yep. you have you have enough opportunity for people to get in there and unlock these things. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it looks. In, in a county, in a county where we have had several instances of voter fraud, including the the Butch Morgan fiasco, which you mentioned before. And, of course, he works for the Democratic Party again, too. That's the other thing, too. They, they've invited him back in now. Yeah, he can totally work with us again. Uh, so. <laughs> and a voter registration office, mind you, that is full of corrupt people. We have we have a gentleman who he ended up moving out of state, but um, he was never fired for creating a fake voter registration card during the 2020 election. Correct. Remember that. Um, yep. We Yep, we have a woman who has been going around and showing naked photos of dead people throughout the voter registration office. Right. We have um, the Democrat chair of the voter registration office who admitted to sexually harassing a subordinate who was never fired. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the cronyism that's going on in our voter registration office to boot with what's going on with these keys that are just floating around the county city building that nobody on the Republican side knew about, but everybody on the Democrat side apparently knew about, right? Oh man! Hey, I wonder. I wonder how many uh, television outlets are going to pick this story up. Oh yeah, that's yeah. fun. Yeah, it'll yeah. it'll be interesting to see. <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how many of them pick up this story. <laughs> they're not. They're not. They're not picking it up unless they're trying to defend one of their spouses. Well, you know, things and stuff and yeah. stuff and things. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right, Clifton. Yeah. How can people support your work, bud? Oh man, please go to realnewsmichiana.com right now. Uh, you can, you can find the subscribe button by going to the menu. You can subscribe by just scrolling down. There's a subscribe button there. It's 30 cents a day. Like Casey said, you're not going to find any of this anywhere else. Um, I'm the only one who's actually doing work around here with uh, when it comes to, to uh, you know, exposing some of these people along with Casey. All right, man. I appreciate it. Thanks a bunch. You have a good weekend. Thank you. All right. Take care. You too. <laughs> <This is laughs> okay, so I misunderstood. See, I thought... Initially, when I read this, I thought that some Republicans had the keys but hadn't told leadership that they had the keys. And so this is just a security fiasco. But now it turns out it's much more nefarious. Uh, so, again, you have, a, you have a door getting into the absentee ballots. This door has two locks. One lock belongs to the Democrats. One lock belongs to the Republicans. There is supposed to be a single key that opens the Democrat lock and a single key that opens the Republican lock. The whole purpose of that is nobody can get into the absentee ballots without a Republican and a Democrat being present at the same time so they can observe the behavior of the other. What we ended up finding out, Republican officials found this out, is that not only are there not just one key for each lock, there's several keys for the Republican lock that are not in possession of, well, Republicans are not in possession of those keys. 
they're floating around mostly with mostly, and I'm saying mostly because we're given the plausible deniability because one of these Democrats voted in a, a Republican primary in 2020, which may may be a strategy. Maybe they switch sides. I'm just saying Republicans don't have control of the extra keys that they didn't know existed that opened their lock. And in addition to that, there is a master key that opens both locks that the Democrats possess. Yeah, there's nothing nefarious or weird going on at all in St. Joseph County. Got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Casey Hendrickson. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. And we got open lines starting up here in just a few minutes. It's a nice little end of the week release. You get to talk about all the stuff that you didn't get a chance to talk about during the week or you get to sound off on something that I did discuss. Uh, Maybe you have a difference of opinion. This is a way for you to go ahead and get through and, and have that discussion on the air. And again, we take those calls in the order that we get them. So give us a call on the Glass Doctor of Elkhart and St. Joseph County phone line, 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. We'll take those calls after the news break at 4 o'clock. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration has ruled yesterday to limit the authorized use of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine to individuals who cannot receive other vaccines or for whom other vaccines are not accessible. Now, this is, um, this is a big deal. I'll, I'll explain why in just a minute. The Johnson & Johnson vaccine has been plagued with controversy since its rollout with multiple reported cases of rare blood clots. I love how they, they phrase that. Multiple reported cases of rare blood clots. They're so rare that they're reported multiply, and the FDA doesn't want people to get this shot. But, you know, there's still super rare folks. On Thursday, the FDA confirmed these reports while stopping short of pulling the Johnson & Johnson vaccine altogether. The administration still highly recommends the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. If there's an alternative that appears to be equally effective in preventing severe outcomes from COVID-19, we'd rather see people opting for that. That is the FDA vaccine chief, Dr. Peter Marks. But we've been careful to say that compared to no vaccine, this is still a better option. Sure, it depends on the age group that you're in and the risk of COVID that you're at, but I digress. Marks also said that blood clots from J&J vaccine typically happen within two weeks of receiving the shot and that people who previously received the vaccine have little to worry about. So if you have the vaccine six months ago, you can sleep soundly tonight knowing this isn't an issue, he said, which, of course, we don't know. We don't know if there's going to be a long-term issue with this or not, just because you typically see it within two weeks doesn't mean that you can't see it later on, but I digress. Uh, so what, what is interesting about this, you know, this is still under emergency use authorization. You realize in the military, you can still get the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, and they count it as being vaccinated. And they're requiring members of the military to get vaccinated, or else they're going to be kicked out. So this... This could be an option for some people because they they deal with the one shot and they don't have to worry about follow-ups and things of that nature. And they go and they get the Johnson & Johnson, which we know is not effective at all against Omicron. It doesn't work very good against Delta. And it's causing blood clots, so much so that the FDA recommends you get any other vaccine other than Johnson & Johnson and only get Johnson & Johnson if that's all you have available. That's kind of where we're at. 
So in a roundabout way, the federal government is admitting that there is some risk and some danger here, but they're still allowing it to happen because they're telling you it's less of a risk and less of a danger than not having one at all, which isn't bearing out at all in the science or the statistics with Omicron. But that's what they're saying. So there's going to be people who, once again, are forced to get a vaccine. They're forced to choose, or maybe this is the one that's made available to them through their employer or what have you, and they might have this issue. And now their their life could be upended by this. We know that there are people who have gotten and you know other vaccines besides Johnson and Johnson have had blood clots as well. Pfizer does have a rich history of uh, blood clots, and it has retired some young athletes for crying out loud. So there's some real issues that have to be dealt with here, but. I just wanted you to know that they're recommending you don't get the Johnson and Johnson vaccine unless that's the only option available to you. Then you can get it. But if you have the option for anything else, get anything else. But if you already had it, you know, there's not much you can do about it. You've already had it. All right. We got open lines coming up. Don't forget to watch the live stream. Go to rumble.com slash Casey, the host rumble.com slash Casey, the host hit that subscribe button, please. And uh, we got open lines coming up from from 4 o'clock to 4.30. We have Tudor Dixon, who's running for governor of Michigan at 4.30, coming up in the next hour. WTRC. Your agreement. And now with more speed to help keep all your connected devices running, call or go online today to learn more. Offer N62122. Requires EcoBill and AutoPay. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. New Comcast Business 50 megabits per second internet and Comcast Business Security Edge customers only. Equipment, installation, taxes, and other fees extra and subject to change. Most innovative based on American Business 2021 Gold Stevie Award. From the final phase electric studios, from the first step to the final phase, industrial and commercial electrical done right. Casey Hendrickson. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Coming up at 4.30, we will have Tudor Dixon, who is running for governor in Michigan as a Republican candidate there. She will join us. Um, Pretty exciting candidate. She's got a couple of shout-outs from uh, Donald Trump himself, and she's going to be joining us to talk about the state of Michigan and why why she's running for governor in Michigan at 4.30. In the meantime, we're doing open lines, 574 25 95 95 3 that is 2595 953 that is the glass doctor of elkhart and st joseph county phone line to the phones we go rob your first at bat what's on your mind hey uh, i called you a couple weeks ago and did my shameless plug for the tractor drive yeah hey i just i we got a facebook page it's red loves the blue tractor drive it's two weeks uh May 21st, um, we're raising money for Indiana Fallen Heroes. Um, we got a shuttle if, if uh, somebody wants to come out and ride along. But uh, that uh, Facebook page, one more time, is Red Loves the Blue Tractor Drive, if anybody's interested. So, All right. I just pulled it up. It's going to be the one in uh, Napanee, correct? Yes, sir. All right. I just yes, pulled sir. it up. That's it. I will share it to my Facebook page for everybody. Hey, man, you're all right. Hey, Thank I appreciate it. Anything we can do. We got to let these guys know that we care about them. There you go. Amen got, to that. We got to let, we got their back. We got their back. All right, man. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks. All right, you bet. Take care. Mm-hmm. All right. 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. Taking your phone calls right now. Walt, welcome to the program. 
Hey, Casey, how you doing? I'm doing well. What's up? Property taxes, man. (laughs) Okay. I remember last year you warned the people this Uh, was going to go down. uh Nobody listened. Yep. They did it. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. They're doing it again, except this time they're going to put people out of their freaking homes. Yo, so I got mine in Elkhart County. Mine went up significantly. Uh, St. Joseph County is, I believe, a lot worse. And the amount of dollar increases that I have been hearing from people, yeah, there's a lot of folks who have no idea how they're going to pay it. They have no clue. They're going to have to do payments or something throughout the year. And even then, that's going to be a lot of extra money coming out in the middle of a, of a screwed-up economy. Okay, so what I want to know, our representative for District 8 is Ryan Dvorak. Okay. Who's running against him this fall? I don't know yet. I don't have. I don't know if anybody is running against him. Okay, that that would really be good for everybody, wouldn't it? Yeah, if he would go down uncontested. Well, I have you to. Know, uh, just, yeah, I have to pull it up because I don't. I don't have it in front of me, so I have to pull it up and see what what's going on there. You know, because I have the form one thirty uh, in front of me here, and they're very specific on what they consider just reasons. Uh, you know. Uh, to to dis- dispute uh, the, the the tax rate or whatever is going to right because you have until the fifteenth to dispute correct that's that's right the fifteenth right. you know but it's, okay the assessment was against the wrong person okay the approval denial or emission or deduction credit exemption abatement or tax cap mm-hmm. a clerical mathematical or typographical mistake mm-hmm. the description of the property or the legal or constitutionality of property tax or assessment. Those are the, their just reasons. And anything outside that, just because we can't eat, uh, we can't buy groceries, we can't buy medicine, or we can't turn our electric back on, they could care less. So how much did your bill go up, if you don't mind me asking? $68,000. Your bill went up sixty-eight grand. Oh, our assessment. Oh, your assessment went up. Okay, what's your tax bill, though? Yeah. Uh, Do you have that in front of you? Last year, uh, last year we're right about 27000 uh, uh 2700 in Clay Township for spring-fall combined. Okay. Wow. So. You know, it, 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 and, and it's, went up, it's went up twice in 10 months. Well, and that's another thing, too, that uh, I've had a couple of people in the St. Joseph. I assume you're St. Joseph County. Yes, sir. Okay, because St. Joseph County is the ones that got hit the hardest. But, you know, Elkhart's went up. Everybody, everybody kind of went up because I think everybody's getting a tax bill right now. But um, in St. Joseph County, that's the one where everybody's just been really nailed. And so we ha- we published an article about this yesterday, actually, on 95.3 MNC. So what the county is saying, they're saying that they did a study on land values this year. And because of that study, that's where they, they've got this new number. Because the last time they did a study was apparently in 2012. And so the new study that they did makes up for the past decade of not doing any, any surveillance. So they paired that with the annual adjustment to the market. And now what's happening is people in St. Joseph County are seeing 50 to 100% increases in their property taxes. Do you, you do you believe that? You think that's No, I don't balance? believe that. I've been harping on property tax scams my entire career. Of course I don't believe it. Absolutely not. Well, we we built our house 21 years ago. When we built our house, our taxes were 1600 a year spring fall combined. Yeah. And we've done absolutely nothing to the house 
except paint it and try to keep a roof on it. Right. That's it. Yeah. Yep. You know? Well, it, it, this here's the thing, and and I can't specifically speak about St. Joseph County or Elkhart County or any of the other counties that listen right now, but spe- you know, in my career, I've covered this story a lot, and what typically happens is the counties that need money all of a sudden go after people's property tax values. So they do their assessments, and the next thing you know, there's a there's been a, a property tax increase, and suddenly, hey, there's a windfall of new money that goes to the county. How magical is that? And oftentimes, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but I just want to say this before, before you, you respond, but oftentimes the values that they assign to your home, and that may not be the case here, but the values that they assign to your home are above what you could actually sell the property for, and oftentimes that's how they get that extra money out of there. Yeah, see, see, see what really fries me is not that long ago, uh, South Bend was bragging about they had so much COVID money left, mm-hmm. they were having to invent positions trying to figure out how they're going to spend it. Yep. On, on one hand, and on the other hand, the state of Indiana just sends us a check for $125. Right. So yep, I'm really it's surplus. confused mm-hmm. about what's going on here. Well, yeah. yeah. I, of course, you deal with county versus state, but yes. Yeah, I, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to want to look into this. I, and, yeah, it, it's, um, yeah, anytime something like this happens, it's it's always a mess and it hurts people. That's that's the issue. So, I mean, yeah, I wish you the best. Of, I wish you the best of luck. Filing an appeal is one of those things that almost never goes through. But, you know, if, if you can, I would. Even if it's it's probably not going to go through, even if it's you don't have a le- so-called legitimate reason, I would do it just to let everybody know how ticked off you are. Yeah. Make them do some paperwork. Quick, I would. I would say call Ryan Dvorak and burn his phone up. There you go. That's fair. All right. Uh, what just happened there? Okay. I don't either. Uh, can you go ahead and take take care of two and just say thank you and hang up? Because he went back on hold for some strange reason. I don't know why. Okay, he, he hung up. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. New phone system. Something weird happened. I was talking to him, and all of a sudden, he went back on hold. And if I click on the line, what will happen is it will, like, hang up on everybody. So I don't want, I don't want that to happen. Of course, that would happen the day that we, we lost our uh, engineer. All right. Uh, Larry, welcome to the program. Hi, Casey. Thanks Hi for taking my call. Sure. Hey, I, I think I missed part of his conversation, but other than filing an appeal on the property taxes, uh, what's is there any other recourse or, you know? Uh, who do well, you he, he was he was he wanted his representative Dvorak ousted because of it. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, this is this is unfortunately a very common thing that governments do. And it's more common in some areas than it is in others. But, you know, in St. Joseph County, Elkhart went up too. Everybody's property values are increasing. So everybody needs to expect there to be a a property tax increase. Uh, The the real estate market right now is a seller's market. But beyond that, because St. Joseph County did this this land assessment, you know, they're you're basically looking at a 50 to 100% increase on, on property taxes. And a lot of people are like, how in the world am I supposed to be able to pay that? And that's a great question. So right. the concern is that people are going to lose their homes because of this massive tax bill that is coming in. Um, so, you know, your representatives are the people that you need to talk to about this, your, your you know, county representatives. Um, but I would file, I would file an appeal. And the reason that I would file an appeal is even if it's not successful, it annoys them and makes them actually work. 
that's what I would yeah, that's uh, what I would do. But I mean, this is it's, it's like a perfect storm of you know screw the homeowner here. Yeah, well, I've this is like this is going to be my fifth appeal in in eleven years that I've owned a home. Yeah, yeah, they and never not, they never go through. Yeah, my property taxes have virtually tripled in eleven years. That's crazy. And I'm just yeah, it's there's no way that you know um, the land value went up just just I just got the letter. <laughs> it went up forty thousand dollars. I'm like, there's been no land improvements. Mm-hmm. You know, I definitely didn't grow any land there. Sure. Not, you know, property's not getting any bigger. So, well, and, you know, uh, part of this is going to be the real estate market. I mean, that that will be some of it. But they St. Joseph County just did the land assessment that they hadn't done since 2012. So for right. 10 years, they hadn't done one. That's what they're claiming anyway. They came in and they're like, oh, look how expensive land is here. And then, boom, you get hit with the bill. So instead of incrementally adding it and making it easy for you to absorb, they're just hitting you all with this giant lump sum all at once. With the real estate market being what it is, this you know decade land assessment that is happening, um, yeah, it, that's that's a tough thing for a lot of people to do. Because I looked at my bill, and I'll be honest with you, I was like, yeah. <laughs> and it's not nearly as bad as what I'm hearing is happening in St. Joseph County. So I, I'm not thrilled, and I, I assume that a lot of you are going to be in some serious trouble. Yeah, well, here's the question. You know, when when the next when the next housing crash comes, which you know, with interest rates going to where right. they're going, mm-hmm. uh, that you think they're going to decrease our taxes? Yeah, your property taxes never go down as much as they go up. It's weird how that works, right? <laughs> Strange how that works. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And here's what happens: if the assessment comes back that the property taxes should go down because there's a real estate crash. What they will do is they will issue some, you know, ordinance or bond measure or something of that nature. It's different in every municipality that will prevent that from going down. Because now what will happen is, Larry, if it goes down, you're defunding schools. Mm-hmm. Get it? Because it's all tied right. to property taxes. So yeah. they'll raise it and they'll they'll hit you with that shock bill, but they won't lower it. Because that will be defunding government and a denial of services, and you know, obviously, you're you're damaging the children. So that's where all of that goes. So yeah, it, yeah. this is usually how it works, and the government does this scheme everywhere. Yeah, I know they always find a special assessment or some pet yep. project they got to toss in there. So yep, and St. Joseph County, you know, these these uh, school um, bond initiatives and stuff like that have not fared very well. And so, hey, seems like a perfect opportunity. Just go ahead and find a roundabout way to go ahead and bump property taxes and, uh, you know, fund some stuff that we want to fund. And it's, it's, like I said, it's really interesting how this te- seems to show up in places that desperately need money for pet projects and things of that nature. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the, one of the benefits of living in St. Joe County, I guess. Well, that's, you know, there's that. It could be worse. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I could, it, could, it could be worse. I know it doesn't feel like it, but it could be worse. Uh, my my advice to everybody right now is before you pay your taxes, buy a 3D printer. <laughs> if you know, you know. If you don't, sorry. All right. I got to roll, man. Appreciate the call. Thank All right. You. Take care. Good luck. I, yeah. St. Joseph County right now is a mess. I, look, I'm in Elkhart County, and and my bill went up considerably. I was not pleased with it at all. Uh, so I, I know that you all on St. Joseph's side are are certainly hurting a lot more than I am. We got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Casey Hendrickson. For your top news, weather, and traffic during Michiana's Morning News on 95.3 MNC, your breaking news and weather station.
And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Again, Tudor Dixon, who's running for governor in Michigan. She is going to be joining us at 435 right after the news break. Back to the open lines we go. John, welcome to the program. Hi, Casey. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. What's up? Oh, I swore I wouldn't ask that question because so many people do. You've already said how well you're doing. Uh, Me? You also said how well you're not doing regarding taxes. Uh, oh, I'm in yeah, yeah. Oslo Township, Oslo Township, Elkhart County. I am outside the city. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's up 12% from last year. Does that come anywhere close to what your taxes went up this time? Yeah. Um, so mine's a little bit different. I don't know what the percentage is. I'm technically city, but you're not that far away from me. So we're, we're pretty no, close. I'm about, I'm about three miles north. Okay. I'm just south of Minton Lake. Okay. Oh, I got you. Okay. Yeah, I, I think they're pretty close. They're probably pretty close. Because it's a county okay. assessment, I, I right? Just curious, uh, I have, well, I have friends who are inside the city, and they say they get hammered every year with uh, property tax increases. And quite honestly, ours has been pretty subtle. Yeah, I, uh, it it was a it was a big one this year. It wasn't that big last year. You know, last year was pretty flat, uh, but this year I did. Yeah, it came it came at the beginning of the week, and yeah, I was like, ah, the heck is this? <laughs> so, um, but it's nothing like fifty yeah. to one hundred percent like they're seeing in St. Joseph County. Nothing like that. Yeah, and and I don't know how anybody reconciles that. I I understand the study you mentioned. Yeah, um, I I don't know how they can weight that so heavily. Uh, and get it. I mean, if there are people who do not pay, uh, what recourse do they have as far as payments? As well, far yeah, as that, making the that becomes the thing that yeah, you're, you're going to have to work out the payment arrangements and get all that stuff taken care of. Um, the other thing you can do is garnish your, your, uh, tax returns, that sort of stuff to kind of make up for it. Uh, but if you don't pay, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's a lien. And if the lien sits there for long enough, your, your house gets taken by the, uh, by the state or there's a tax sale. And somebody buys your home for the price of the back taxes. And then you can pay that Sounds person horrible. back plus interest or or they can take over your house. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh Well it's it's a mess. Well, so. it is it is a mess. And here's the thing, you know, if you're gonna do an assessment every ten years, okay, then you have to have some kind of a system in place that allows your constituents to incrementally be able to absorb that. Because there's gonna be a big jump. Any any 10-year period, you're going to probably see a big jump. And so you, you want to do these more frequently so that way when they are done, your constituents are able to absorb it much easier. It's not a shock. They might complain about it. Yeah, it'll go up, but at least it's not a shock. When you're doing a decade assessment that is now increasing your taxes 50 to 100%, there's a lot of people who cannot afford that. That is a massive shock to the system. And when people are living paycheck to paycheck already and you've got the economy with the interest rates that we have right now, that's going to make it that much more difficult. So the lawmakers have to do something that provides a protection for that to be incrementally added instead of just trying to get all of their, their money and have a windfall right away. Yeah. Well, I cannot imagine that we're alone in this. So uh, I wonder if that's on your litany of questions for the gubernatorial candidate north of the border. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll have to see. <laughs> Michigan's a mess. <laughs> we will be, we will be discussing roads and infrastructure. I guarantee you that. So that much we will be. All right, John. Appreciate the call. Thank you much. Uh, I'm going to try and sneak in one more. Mike, welcome to the program. 
Hi, Casey. Hi there. Hey, I, I just wanted to uh, clear up a couple things in this discussion okay. uh, regarding property taxes. Number one, property taxes are based on fair market value, not historical cost. So that is state law. Uh, the one gentleman who was complaining about Ryan Dvorak, trust me, Ryan Dvorak is nothing to do with any of this. If you see, we have a supermajority in the House and the Senate downstate. It's the Republican Party, okay? If you're going to throw people out, those are the people you need to throw out. The few Democrats that are down there have no effect on policy whatsoever. So, And I'm not saying they're all bad or all they're good. I'm mm. just saying that's that's where the power is. It's not with the few Democrats that are downstate. Well, that's, that's just it. You have to look at who's actually responsible for it, and I don't know what Dvorak's position on any of this is. So, um, well, and, and then yeah, they can make the decision point. based but, on who the representative is. But to single out a Democrat when you have supermajority Republicans down there is just it. It makes no sense. That's absolutely well. And and then then you got the county. You have you have the county issue to deal with. You know versus the, the state the issue. That's that's though, where they, again they they have to follow state law. It's based on fair market value. If if you are seeing what's going on in real estate, I mean I must get a call weekly from somebody wanting to buy my house. Oh yeah, yeah. I, when I you list it, you're going to get offers that day. Hundred percent. Right, right. Yeah. There, it's it's a seller's market, man, and and prices have been going through the roof. Now, with that taxes, with that said, and as I said earlier, I haven't looked at what they've assessed my property at versus what its fair market is, because frequently, the only reason I was throwing it out there is I've frequently seen this happen in my career, is they will make a claim that your property is worth a certain amount that you can't actually sell it for. I don't know well, if that is happening in St. Joseph County. I don't I want to know, make that claim. I live in South Bend. I have my house. I have another house in South Bend, mm-hmm. and I see what they're assessed at. I don't like the fact that they're going up, but in and you know, if I'm honest with myself and I look at them, I said, you know what? I know I could sell both those houses for what they're assessed at, probably, probably more. Yeah, if the assessment so, is good, that's that's great. Uh, yeah, it should it, be done more than, than every 10 years. That's a shock. I, I remember back in 2007, 2008, when we had the Bush recession and there was all the uh, foreclosures going on and construction. I mean, it stopped dead in its tracks. There was just a flood, a flood of houses on the market. And I did see my taxes drop dramatically, and I saw it with a lot of other people as well. And and now that the market you know has come back, it's it's going up. And now that housing is in such short supply, it's even making it worse. So uh, I'm guessing now that the Fed is starting to raise rates, that's going to cool, cool the economy off a little bit. And if nothing else, you'll see these numbers maybe stabilize in the next couple of years. You won't see the well, dramatic increases. Well, we'll but, see because the economy is yeah. already cool. But Mike, I appreciate it, man. We'll we'll see, and hopefully it doesn't get too bad. All right, we've got Tudor Dixon coming up. She's running for governor in Michigan as one of the Republican candidates. We'll talk with Tudor Dixon coming up on Newstalk 95.3. Michiana's news channel, MNC News Time, is 4.33. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. This is Michiana's breaking news and weather station. First step to the final phase, industrial and commercial electrical done right. Casey Hendrickson. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I want to thank R&B Car Company locations in South Bend and Warsaw and Columbia City. Go to rbcarcompany.com. 
Michigan is a mess. I recently fled Michigan. <laughs> got out just in the nick of time. Uh, and, and we actually thought we thought that that might have been a bad decision. We were trying to stay in Michigan, but ultimately things didn't work out. We ended up back on the Indiana side of the border. And then Gretchen Whitmer got in there, and we actually got pretty darn lucky. We know a lot of you are still stuck behind enemy lines, but there are plenty of people on the Republican side that are running to fix the state of Michigan. One of those individuals happens to be Tudor Dixon. Uh, Tudor, how are you today? Good. Thank you for having me. And I, you know, I appreciate the time. And you're the first of the, the gubernatorial candidates to reach out to the show. And, and we appreciate that. But let's just start with the easy softball stuff. And then we'll get into some of the more nuanced stuff and the local stuff, shall we? COVID has been a disaster under Gretchen Whitmer. I, I, I don't know yeah. how else to phrase it. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. COVID was a total mess in the state of Michigan. We had, not only did we have businesses closed down longer than other states, our schools were closed down longer than other states. We ended up with a crisis with nursing homes. Across the board, her policies hurt the state of Michigan. Then you, so you got the nursing home issues where she put young sick people in with senior citizens, which was at the time being advised against by the CDC. She did that. We ended up having this horrific uh, elder abuse case, which led to the deaths of more senior citizens with a hate crime with this uh, young guy. Then you end up with, you're not allowed to travel around the state, but my husband can. You're not allowed to travel and go to restaurants, but I can. You're not allowed to go to Florida, but me and my senior health staff can. It seems like throughout COVID, Gretchen Whitmer has just been a prime example of do as I say, not as I do. Well, right. And she also showed her true colors because when she was campaigning, she said, when I'm governor, I'm going to work with the legislature. I know what it is to be a legislator and I know what it is to have a governor that won't work with us. Oh, I'm going to work with the legislature. And then she had more. She so far has had more vetoes than any other governor in the last 50 years and more executive orders. She didn't work with the legislature and ultimately gave no voice to the people. Their elected officials had no voice, and when they tried to contact her directly, they had no voice. So certain industries were hurt worse than others. I'll, I'll say Restaurant and Lodging Association. They went to her multiple times and said, these are our safety plans. And let's remember that businesses know how to create a safety plan. We all have them. And when a crisis hits, you adjust the safety plan. It didn't matter what they did. She would not respond to the people. And she kept people shut down. And she kept kids out of school. And it's coming back to haunt us. Our literacy exams for third graders, we just had more than 50% of our third graders fail them. And she's not coming back and helping students in any way. She keeps saying she's putting money into schools. She hasn't come up with real-life, common-sense solutions to get kids back on track. Let's not forget, she's got national outlets like Politico writing puff pieces about her saying not a single person in Grand Rapids doesn't like this woman. That was a, that was a quote from Politico sometime back. So she, she also campaigned on roads, and she was going to fix the roads. It was all about the roads. Everybody in Michigan was upset about the roads. She campaigns on it. She proposed the 45-cent fuel tax which, of course, was so popular, even Democrats wouldn't support it. She's now launching this $3.5 billion bond program. She's got a proposal to add, uh, what is it, uh, is it a billion dollars for transportation, I think it is, is the latest thing that she's floated out there. But the latest reports are that the roads in Michigan are still just as bad as the day she took office, and we've got an issue with dams and bridges and everything else that she promised to fix, too. 
she was a single issue candidate. She said that that was what she was going to do. She has failed to deliver on that. There were a few other things that she said she would focus on. I already mentioned being a governor that works with the legislature and being transparent, which we know no one knew why she was making the decision she was making. Even her chief medical executive came out and said, well, when it came to lockdowns, I was a very small part of that decision, which means it wasn't science. It was political. And then let's take a look at the other thing that she said she was running on, which was clean water. We all remember her campaigning and saying, I just can't stand the thought of our kids not having clean water. I watch the water soak into my rice when I cook it and think of the kids in Flint. Well, look what she did in Benton Harbor. She she had to have, first of all, known something was up in 2018 when the reports were coming through when she was running. But then when she got into office, if that were really her focus, why wasn't she looking at those reports? And if she did see them and she did nothing, then, then look at where we are now. And then when the news broke that Benton Harbor was an issue, what did she do? She hopped on a plane and went to D.C. to campaign for a failed candidate, Terry McAuliffe, and it had nothing to do with Michigan. That had nothing to do with Michigan. That was about her own selfish desires to be seen by the national media on the national stage for her next career choice, which would be Washington, D.C. And let's face it, this entire time she's been governor, she's been focused on being out of Michigan and her next career. And that's why she campaigned to be vice president. And for those of you who are just tuning in right now and you're not familiar with the Benton Harbor situation, the Whitmer administration withheld from the public that there was lead contamination in the water there for over two years. And now, of course, we have these annual, not annual, but, you know, these monthly reports that we have to publish about where you can get your water from. All right. So, Tudor, that's a lot of what's wrong. We could spend probably the next three shows talking about problems in Michigan under her leadership. So what's the solution? What is your platform? What's your campaign? Tell people about you. I come from a steel manufacturing background, so I come from the foundry industry. We made heavy equipment, casting, steel castings for heavy equipment, and then moved into forgings for the automotive industry. So I come from a manufacturing background. And for me, I also have four daughters. I'm a mom of four, four girls that are school age. So I watched what happened with during the pandemic with our kids. And then I really delve deep into what's happening in education in the state of Michigan. And man, we've fallen behind. We're 38th in the nation. And I just told you those reading scores were going lower. I want to focus on education very immediately, right out of the gate. That has to be what we look at because education determines the future of the state. So if we are educating our students well, then we end up with a good workforce and we end up with people wanting to come to the state of Michigan. Population is an issue. We've had people leaving the state. How do we get a million more people into the state, get our tax base up? Well, you got to look at a few things because when somebody wants to move to a state, they look at what the education rate is, how the schools are rated, and they look at public safety. So we have to be a focus on education and public safety, but also keeping our students in the state. So whether or not we have vocational, technical schools, or if our students are going to universities, how do we have public-private partnerships to say, these students are so valuable to us, we want to keep them in Michigan. And one of the ways that we do that is we have good private companies and we have to treat them well. Right now, the state of Michigan does not treat our private companies well. We do not have a customer service-based government. This is something that we had seen in the past. It's something that we can remedy quickly. We can get away from this over-regulation. If you go outside of the state of Michigan, which I hear you are and we lost you, and that's very sad, but you've probably heard this, Michigan is considered a gotcha state if you're a business. The government goes in, gotcha. 
we're going to cite you, we're going to fine you. This is a governor who put up a shame list, an OSHA shame list during COVID. We have got to be friendly to businesses and make sure we bring more people to the state of Michigan. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here, you can't see it on the live stream, but I'm laughing because you mentioned the lack of customer service in the state of Michigan. And one of the biggest complaints that I've gotten from the audience on the Michigan side of the border has been the Secretary of State's office in trying to get anything accomplished or done throughout the pandemic and getting fined for not being able to have their license renewed because they're not allowed to get their license renewed because none of the offices are open. And it's just been a a routine complaint that we get from people on the Michigan side of the border. And I know that when I was having to go through transferring everything over, it was a problem because the, the SOS offices were all closed. And they would direct you to the website, and the website would direct you back to the closed office to make an appointment, and you couldn't get anything done. It's a horrible situation, whether you are a resident or a business. So the people that are residents that are dealing with their driver's license, with renewing their license plate, all of that, they understand what it is. It's been terrible. After Jocelyn Benson came in and said she was going to revamp it and make it so much better, it's become a nightmare to deal with. Well, if you're a trucking company, if you are a car dealership, you deal with that times 10. And those companies are just fed up. And and I've had folks that have car dealerships that have said, we had the opportunity to build two or three more in Michigan, and we went to the surrounding states because it's just so darn difficult to do business in Michigan. How frustrating is it as somebody who's from the steel industry? You know, obviously, it's sad for everybody kind of in this area, just watching what's happened to the automobile industry in, in Michigan and in Detroit in particular. But you're from the steel industry. And there's a rich, proud heritage there in the state of Michigan. And it's it you have this ability to once again be a powerhouse. And steel is so very important. And it just seems like it's not being taken advantage of by anybody. Well, no, I, it, it's been hard. For us, it was very hard in the steel industry to do business in the state of Michigan. And workforce is a major problem. So I saw us losing that skilled workforce because folks were getting older and retiring. And I saw foundries just disappear. We're fortunate to have the foundries that we still have. But this is a, a metaphor for the rest of skilled, tra- skilled trades. Because if you see what happened with foundries, Now look at electricians and plumbers. When I talk to the folks that are teaching and having new apprentice plumbers, they say, we can't even find them. And, you know, the rest of America is not going to see it until they call when their toilet's clogged and they say, we'll come in two weeks. But this is a real problem that we're not in our middle and high schools and telling students there are jobs outside of college degrees, and that might fit you because we need to make sure that we have those folks with college degrees, but we also have those folks with skilled trades certificates. And sometimes those are the people that end up with multi-million dollar businesses. So this idea that we're shaming people with certificates is absolutely the wrong, the wrong choice because these are fantastic careers that can turn into amazing businesses. All right. How can people support your campaign? Check us out at TudorDixon.com. It's T-U-D-O-R-D-I-X-O-N.com. And we're on Facebook and Twitter at Tudor Dixon. Tudor, thank you so much for the time. I really do appreciate it. Best of luck in the campaign, and I look forward to having you on again. Thank you so much. All right. We've got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Casey Hendrickson, 95.3 MNC. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Uh, Can you make sure that line one gets officially screened? So I can pop them back on. 
Um, I want to thank Tudor Dixon for coming on to the show. Appreciate that. And uh, good team around her. Very responsive, uh, which is always encouraging when you have a candidate. Because uh, it's not a lot of candidates, uh, staff. They're usually not very responsive. Hers is. So definitely check her out. I've linked to her uh, campaign website in the Daily Show prep today as well for you to go learn more about Tudor Dixon on the Michigan side of the border. I did forget to ask her about something. I'm a little bummed, but like I said, we could have spent hours and hours talking to each other about the things that are wrong with Michigan and how she could possibly fix them. Um, But the other thing I wanted to bring up was that there was a lot of money in Michigan that was left over from the COVID stimulus packages. Also, tax revenue growth and stuff like that, right? So in Michigan, they had this extra money and they were bickering with what they they were supposed to do to fix it. Well, they could have used it for roads. Now we're in a position where Whitmer is proposing a billion-dollar boost to repair roads and transit, which is, again, what we've heard before. Uh, It's about a 20% increase in the transportation budget. And a lot of people are like, well, you had all of this extra money from COVID. Why wasn't that used? So that was something I meant to ask Tudor about as well, but I I just ran out of time. 574-2595-953. Nate, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. Casey? Yes, you got less than a minute, man. What's up? Hey, um, before before the uh, break, so I saw that there was a big, big uh, Republican um, congressional thing in Ohio, mm-hmm. and Lars Larson was talking about it last night, and okay. my 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 big question is this with the republicans taking back the house and the senate with all the polling numbers that they have mm-hmm. what are they what can they possibly achieve with a president who is not willing to compromise nor uh, work with republicans even though he says he does great question i'll answer that after the news break really good question Nate. i'm glad you called back we got more coming up news talk 95.3 michiana's news channel WTRC FM and HD1, Niles, South Bend, Elkhart. Tuning in, News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Casey Hendrickson here. It's not too late. Go to Impress Jewelry Creations for Mother's Day. All the mothers in your life. You go to ImpressJewelers.com. That's their website. Take a look at some of the stuff that they have. If you shop on the website, use the code MOMDAY15. MOMDAY15. You'll save 15% on your entire order. Some exclusions apply. If you go into the showroom and you mention this show, you get 15% off. Again, some exclusions apply, but this is on your entire order. They've got things for every budget. got uh, all sorts of styles that uh, mom is going to love. Plus, they have exclusive items in the IJC collection that you can't get anywhere else but Impress Jewelry Creations. So, again, visit them online at ImpressJewelers.com, promo code MOMDAY15, or visit them in person in City Plaza, Granger, Indiana, right next to C. Kramer Interiors, and let them know that I sent you. Okay, I want to address what Nate said. Nate was very patient. Uh, he was on hold before we had the interview with Tudor. He called back afterwards, asked a really good question. Republicans are poised to retake Congress. They're they're predicted to take both houses. They're supposed to have big, big, big wins in the uh, in the House of Representatives. Okay, so um, if that happens, what can they do with a former vice president who's unwilling to work with them? It's a very, very good question. Well, number one is they have the ability to investigate now. They control committees. And this is going to be imperative. This is 
one of the reasons why Republicans losing control of the House was such a big deal because all of the investigations that they were doing, they got stopped. So you put an end to Adam Schiff's shiftiness. You are able to investigate the Hunter Biden fiasco properly. You're able to continue investigating some of the stuff that had to do with the um, the 2020 election that was being investigated prior to Republicans losing control of the House. You are able to put an end to the stupid January 6th witch hunt. You are able to investigate anything that comes up. You know, um, Mayorkas and the Ministry of Truth. You're able to hold those executive bureaucrats, you're able to hold them responsible for their actions. So there's a lot of that. Um, There's potentially the ability to pass legislation, send it to the former vice president, If he vetoes it, you can overturn the veto. That is a possibility, though it is less possible and probably not going to happen. They're probably not going to get a veto-proof majority, but it's possible, okay? So there's, there's a lot that actually can be done. They can put an end to a lot of the nonsense that we run into uh, in Congress right now. And if Republicans can get enough numbers they're going to be able to securely pass a lot of things. Uh, and they can then use that in the general election. They can say, you know, hey, if we, we have big control in the House, they're expected at this point in time. They're expected, but I, I will, you know, it's still early. But Republicans are expected to have more, more seats now than they've ever had. That is the latest data on it. That data fluctuates and change, changes. So it, it's not a foregone conclusion Certainly don't want anybody resting on their laurels here because it's going to take effort. And as you get closer to the election, um, the Democratic base gets much more active. Okay, But the way it's looking in the House, at least, Republicans will probably have the most seats uh, if this holds than they've ever had. Now, this is great, but on the Senate side, things are very different. And on the Senate side, you know, you at least have three turncoat Republicans who will vote with Democrats at least half of the time. So that becomes a bit of an issue. You have to overcome that. But what the House could do is the House, along with these investigations and holding the administration accountable when the administration does something illegal or oversteps their authority. And remember, the House controls the power of the purse. So the ability to defund the Ministry of of Truth, uh, the ability to work on refunding border security, things of that nature, all things that the House can accomplish and the White House is going to really be put in a, a very difficult position. Uh, when we're looking at some of the stuff that's coming out with the, the southern border right now. It's becoming impossible to ignore it. You know, you've got over 40 terrorists who have been caught at the southern border. You've got massive surges across the southern border. You've got uh, governors now sending the National Guard down to the southern border. We've got a guardsman who died trying to rescue drug mules at the southern border. You've got um, all of these images of incomplete sections of border wall that are not finished. So there's massive holes there. So they're just still walking right through it. You know, those are all things that can now be funded. And because that stuff gets done, you start to have some progress. The other thing is, is they will be able to use it because they'll pass legislation in the House. They'll send it to the Senate and it won't get through the Senate. And they'll be able to use that as a campaign issue for the general election that we need to gain more seats in the Senate. I'm just giving you a strategy. I'm not saying this is ideal, but I'm giving you the strategy standpoint for the Republican Party. We pass legislation in the House, it goes to the Senate, and it dies, which is what typically happens. 
when Republicans are in power. Uh, even even if there is a Republican-controlled Senate, they can't get stuff through because there's two to three turncoats that vote with the Democrats. So this is going to be something that they can use as a as a campaign message. Although in historical perspectives, it's not been very effective because Republicans tend to get really ticked off when the people they vote for don't do their job. So even if the House is passing laws and sending it to the Senate, if it's not getting done, everybody tends to get blamed by the Republican base, even if it's not the House's fault. So there's a lot that can be done. I mean, just the ability to keep Joe Biden in check is worth it. You know, when the executive doesn't have control of Congress, the executive is very limited in what it can actually do. If it's going to get something done, it has two options. It has to do it via executive order. And we have to see if those orders are legal or not. Or they've got to moderate themselves somewhat and they have to work with the opposition. And that's the only way they can really get anything done. Otherwise, Biden's going to sit there as a lame duck and he's not going to be able to get anything accomplished. So because of the remaking of the courts under President Trump, a lot of the stuff that Joe Biden might be inclined to do via executive order, probably not going to fly. So there is a lot that is riding on this. And and the biggest thing, though, and I cannot stress this enough for everybody, the biggest thing is being able to conduct investigations in committee. That is the biggest possible thing for the Republican Party right now. There is a lot of illegal activity and illegal behavior that has been done going back to before Trump was in office, through Trump's administration, through these first year and a half or so of Joe Biden's administration, and they have not been dealt with, and they have to be. And the fact that we are learning definitively and undeniably, and even the New York Times is admitting that a lot of this stuff that Devin Nunes was investigating when he was still in Congress, when the Republicans were in control, that was true. And the things that Adam Schiff was saying at the same time were lies. But because those investigations stopped, it took this long to get those things exposed. It's a, it's a really good question. And, and Nate asked a, I mean, it's a tough question because obviously it's like, well, you got, you got the Joe Biden type, and, and this is really the Democrats' mentality since Harry Reid established the war room. We will oppose Republicans no matter what, even if Republicans are, are trying to do things that we support and have traditionally advertised our own base as our values because we don't want to give them a win. So they do these various things in order to deny the win to Republicans so then they can do it. I gave you the latest example was a black Supreme Court uh, justice. Well, Republicans tried to do that. Democrats blocked it because they don't want the Republicans to get a black Supreme Court justice who happens to be a female. They didn't want them to get a black Supreme Court justice who is a male. Why? Because they don't want Republicans to get that win. The reason that gay marriage is legal in the United States right now and the reason that gay people can serve in the military is because of the log cabin Republicans, not because of Barack Obama. But Barack Obama got drug kicking and screaming because the log cabin Republicans had success through the court system. They're the ones who brought the case to get rid of don't ask, don't tell. Don't ask, don't tell came down. Gay marriage went through. At that point, Obama had to abandon his position after he was reelected. 
Now, remember, Obama opposed gay marriage coming in. He was anti-gay marriage. He did not support gay marriage throughout his first administration. He then campaigned on legalizing gay marriage when he was running against Mitt Romney. It was seen as a wedge issue that he could drive against the extreme religious Mormon Mr. Romney. And then what happened after Obama got reelected? Obama gave a he was asked he was given a speech. He was asked a question by a reporter about legalizing gay marriage. And he said, after promising the gay community that he was going to legalize gay marriage, he said that is an issue for a future president to address. So what did the log cabin Republicans do? Well, they went through court. They won. They forced his hand. And that's when he made his moves. But he only made his moves because the log cabin Republicans did it. And the reason that he did that is you couldn't give a win to Republicans on that issue because it would destroy the support the Democrats had in the LGBTQ community. They would lose that support because now it would shift to the Republicans because the Republicans are the ones who got it done. So Obama did stuff in order to deny the win to the log cabin Republicans. And log cabin Republicans, you don't know, are gay Republicans. Okay, that's who they are. So this is a this is a very, very big deal for the Republican Party. It's a big deal for the country in general. Um, just from the investigative standpoint, uh, we've talked about the Hunter Biden thing a few times. You know, they are going to dive all up in the Hunter Biden fiasco. And don't think for a second that there won't be Freedom Caucus members, and we'll see how that goes with leadership. But Freedom Caucus members are going to try and investigate the FDA. They're going to try and investigate the CDC, and they're going to try and investigate Pfizer, Moderna, and everything else. And the other big one that it's not so much in the news now as it was at one point in time, multiple Republicans have said, when we are in the majority, we will launch a full-fledged investigation of Anthony Fauci. So you've got the Hunter Biden investigation that'll start. You've got the Fauci investigations that'll start. You've got the ability to rebuff any appointments that Joe Biden makes to any position that's appointable. You've got the ability to pass legislation, potentially maybe override a presidential veto, though that's very unlikely. Um, You're going to be able to get a lot accomplished. But most of that's going to be on uncovering the shenanigans and the absolute crap that has been going on for the past six, seven years because this is the stuff that that needs to be exposed. And as that information comes out, that's going to help Republicans going into that general election. Or if you're a Democrat and you believe the lies of CNN and MSNBC, it will expose Republicans for having misled everybody all this time, and they'll be embarrassed heading into a general election. So really, everybody should want an investigation of all of the shenanigans that have been going on because Democrats have been told that really Republicans have been misbehaving So you should want an investigation, whereas Republicans know that Democrats have been misbehaving. So you definitely want an investigation. So there's a lot here, a lot here. And next week, we're going to get into the latest Pfizer dump. I mean, it's a mess. So we'll get into that. I just need some time to go over it over the weekend. But, um, yeah, it's the latest Pfizer dump is, I mean, it's as bad as the other Pfizer dumps. I don't know what else to say. That's all stuff that's got to be investigated. There's got to be hearings on it. People have to be called. There's still the... um, there's still the, uh, the you know, tech censorship issue that is out there. Uh, you know, it's, there's a ton of things that, that are dealt with at the committee level in Congress that need to be dealt with. And right now, Democrats control all of that. We've got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Casey Hendrickson. 
Radio.com. I'm Laura Smith. And I'm John Zimney. Be with us first thing Monday morning on the radio for Michiana's Morning News on 95.3 MNC. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. All right. What's better than getting mom something for Mother's Day? Getting yourself something, too. <laughs> Go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listeners icon, graphic, whatever you want to call it, and you can get buy one, get one free with my promo code. You can get the bed sheet sets, the Giza Elegance My Pillows. Those are like my pillows, but better. They're like the elite my pillows. You can also get the roll and go anywhere my pillows. That is my five-year-old's personal favorite, by the way. My wife uses one as her uh camping pillow. And then the six-piece. My Pillow towel sets, which are of course perfect for the summertime. Go to mypillow.com. All of those and more. Buy one, get one free with promo code Casey. We'll even throw in Mike's soft cover book for free just because you purchased them at mypillow.com. Mypillow.com. Promo code Casey. I don't know if you've heard, but it was officially announced today that Jen Pisaki is going to be leaving on May 13th. So we, we didn't have a departure date. Get my audio, please. We did not have a departure date. We do officially have a departure date. Jen Psaki is going to be leaving on May 13th. And in honor of Jen Psaki leaving on May 13th, I figured I would play her number one hit. She's only released one song, but it went right to the top of the charts. Did you have this in your playlist? You younglings uh, listen to Jen Psaki circle back. Do you listen to that? Uh, we do. We love it. Xenophobia, racism, and racism, racism, racism. That is not at all the right clip. What is going on here? I didn't close that one. Hold on. Racism. <laughs> oh, this is what happens. Hold on. This is what happens when you buy when you buy version uh, one point five. Um, I often. Okay, here we go. We got it now. All right. Yeah, we're professionals. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Um, I often note I'm going to circle back. I hate to disappoint conservative Twitter, but I am going to circle back on a number of things, as we often do directly. I'll circle back, circle back. I hate to disappoint you. Circle back, circle back. That's an excellent question. Circle back, circle back. I hate to disappoint you, but we will venture to circle back. This is such a good question. I have not had the opportunity to dig into that. I'll circle back. It was a massive dump to this day. Everyone tried to figure out where did it come from. I'm not aware of anything, but uh, we'll circle back. This uncircumcised Philistine, who does he think he is? As a mom myself, I want to know all the details. I have to circle back. Come on, man. You know what I mean? I will venture to get you an answer on that, and maybe we can talk about it, and he'll circle back. I will have to circle back on that one. Circle back, go back. But uh, we'll, ha- we'll circle back. Circle back, go back. But I will have to circle back with you. Circle back. Let me give you a very specific example. I'll circle back, circle back. I hate to disappoint you. Circle back, circle back. That's an excellent question. Circle back, circle back. I hate to disappoint you, but we will venture to circle back. This president knew back in January. Why didn't he tell us? Why did he warn us? There are a number of ways to combat misinformation. One of them is circle back. You told us that Trump was invincible and Hillary was in the prison, right? I don't really have any predictions for you on that. I can circle back. Um, let me see if I can get more detail for you on that. Circle back. I signed something saying that if I'm wrong, I can go to prison. Did you? We'll try to get to as many questions as possible. I'll circle back. I don't have anything more for you. And that communication has been lacking. Well, uh, as, as you know, let me give you a very specific example. I'll circle back. Circle back. I hate to disappoint you. Circle back. Circle back. That's an excellent question. Circle back. 
There you go. Jen Pisaki circled back the smash number one hit on a chart somewhere. We're convinced of it. But uh, she is uh, she's leaving on May 13th. She's being replaced by Corinne Jean Pierre. Uh, now, let me let me ask you a wee bit of a question here. Do you think it might be a little bit of a conflict of interest for the new press secretary to be taken over for the former vice president, Joe Biden, um, to be married to somebody at CNN? So Jen Psaki is leaving and going to MSNBC. And this uh, new person is actually married to somebody over at CNN. Uh, she is gay. She's openly gay. Um, I, I don't think that's supposed to matter, but they are really interested in you knowing that. So I'm just passing that on to you. Uh, so Corrine Jean Pierre, I probably butchered that name. Don't really care. We'll, we'll figure that out, I guess, when she takes over. Uh, so name, was named as the new White House press secretary on Thursday, taking over for Jen Psaki, who is departing for MSNBC, which, again, totally not... A conflict of interest. Jean-Pierre's appointment was hailed as historic. Because, again, everything has to be historic. Nothing is about competence anymore. She's going to be the first black woman and out LGBTQ person to serve in the role of White House press secretary. Uh, But, again, there's a lot of things that she has said and done that are a bit controversial. We'll talk about that coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, MNC News Time, 531. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations. Thank mom for not killing you. Go to impressjewelers.com. This is Michiana's breaking news. And from the first step to the final phase, industrial and commercial electrical done right. Casey Hendrickson. Oh, look, Mike Lindell is slinging towels on the TV right now. He's got the wrong promo code on there, though. MyPillow.com, promo code Casey. That's the one that you want to use. All right, here we go. Kareen Jean-Pierre was named as the new White House press secretary on Thursday. We'll be taking over for Jen Psaki next week, May 13th. And again, there's a, here's, here's five things Breitbart pulled up. Five things that are a little controversial, radical even. It might be a bit of an issue with this person. Jean-Pierre worked for the radical organization MoveOn.org. Ooh. She's a Soros lackey. Jean-Pierre has a history of anti-Israel radicalism. In 2019, a whopping two and a half years ago, Jean-Pierre applauded, or Jean-Pierre, what, I don't know applauded Democratic presidential candidates for boycotting the annual American-Israel Public Affairs Committee Policy Conference in D.C., a prominent pro-Israel gathering. You cannot call yourself a progressive while continuing to associate yourself with an organization like APAC. Oof. That'll be a real interesting question. Do you think that Jean-Pierre is going to ask the White House press corps if they're Jews before she asks, answers their questions? That'd be a new one. Jean-Pierre once said that no one who has been merely accused of sexual misconduct should seek public office. Oh, she told that to Jake Tapper on CNN's State of the Union in 2017. Even if there's no corroborating evidence whatsoever and nothing had been proven against the accused, they should not be allowed to hold office. Jean-Pierre is married to CNN anchor and correspondent Suzanne Malveaux. Again, she's the first... 
uh, black openly gay press secretary that we've ever had. She is married to a CNN anchor. So you have the press secretary for the former vice president who happens to be married to an anchor. And it's not news is CNN. Well, the previous press secretary left that job to go work for MSNBC. Totally not inappropriate, folks. Everything is on the up and up. Everything is cool. Okay? Nothing weird about any of that. Jean Pierre stoked racial divisions and fears when Donald Trump took office. She told Bill Maher on HBO's Real Time, I think the thing to understand is that if you are not white, male, straight, you are, you fear a Donald Trump presidency because there is no place for you in a Donald Trump presidency, which, of course, is absurd. So that's that's who the new press secretary is going to be. It's going to be great uh, seeing seeing her look at Peter Ducey and ask if Peter Ducey is a part of the, the Jewish conspiracy against her. Because Peter Ducey is going to be the only one asking her any difficult questions. I'm just assuming some anti-Semitism will come out of it. I don't know for sure. You know, when you make um, some of the comments that she's made about uh, APAC, you start you start wondering, you start wondering, just because I'm a nice guy, I am going to include for all of your entertainment, I am going to include Jen Psaki's Greatest Hits. It was written by Bob Hogue over at Red State. And he's got embedded bits of Jen Psaki's wisdom throughout her time as press secretary. And there's some good ones. And in fact, the article leads off with her pretending to have never heard of the Hunter Biden laptop story. So that, that was a, <laughs> that, that was a good one. So this is, this is just purely for your entertainment over the weekend. So you can reminisce about, you know, Daywalker Jen, and you can go ahead and just, you know, relive some of the, more embarrassing moments that she had as the press secretary. And then, of course, I will I will have to include Circle Back Saki because that's her number one hit. That is her claim to fame in the Daily Show prep as well. Where can you get the Daily Show prep? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. You can go to theburningtruth.us, theburningtruth.us, not .com, theburningtruth.us. Why U.S.? Because we're American and we love this country. Theburningtruth.us. Sign up for the free newsletter. You're going to need to because a new website's launching. And members of that newsletter are going to get second dibs on that website. My Discord server has been running beta testing on it. It's been working great. So got a couple of tweaks to make. That thing's going to be launching in about a week, okay, to the public. So for those of you on the newsletter, you get first dibs at the new website and the new social network. So go to theburningtruth.us. Sign up for my free newsletter. You can get my daily show prep there and all of that stuff. And Trust me, you want to be a part of this. This new The new site is very cool. I, I enjoy it. People say that it's super clean. The news aggregator is much better than the one that's on the one that, that we have now. So a lot of stuff, much improved. TheBurningTruth.us. And again, sign up for the free newsletter, please. We got more coming up, 95.3 MNC. Casey Hendrickson, 95.3 Kiana's News Channel. So earlier, we had that revelation about the weird key situation for absentee ballots in St. Joseph County. Now, in Michigan, the Michigan State Police Department has expanded its probe into alleged unauthorized access of voting machine data by third parties in the wake of the 2020 election. 
Police seized a voting machine tabulator in Irving Township during a raid last week, expanding on the ongoing investigation elsewhere in Michigan, according to Wood TV in Grand Rapids. Uh-huh. Lieutenant Derek Carroll of the Michigan State Police confirmed to CNN that the department was expanding its probe after being notified of additional breaches but did not confirm the specific localities in focus. The department first opened its investigation of potential breaches in February after receiving notifications from the Secretary of State's office. It was allowed access to machine components in uh, Roscommon County. Lieutenant Carroll said the breaches occurred after the election was complete and did not affect the results of the election. Wink, wink, nod, nod, you know what he's saying. Hey, there's these, there's all these breaches of these voting machines that were in the 2020 election, but every single breach happened after the election was over and totally didn't affect the election. But we're going to widen our probe anyway and investigate all of these breaches of the voting machines that were used in the 2020 election, but it totally didn't affect the outcome of the election, folks. Not at all. Not even remotely. Okay. Wink, wink. Nod, nod. All right, ladies and gentlemen, have a wonderful Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the mommies out there. I mean, who are deserving of it, of course. And hopefully you have a great weekend. Enjoy the weather. Weather should be nice this weekend. Get the hammock. Get it out. Get your drink holder out. Enjoy yourselves. Get some me time. And we'll see you Monday. Bill O'Reilly here. The O'Reilly Update brought to you. 